Hebrews 5 verse 11 begins, About this we have much to say. Well, that makes you stop and go, well, what were we talking about? <laughs> about these things, well, what was, what was going on back there? Well, back in chapter 5, we had the writer of Hebrews showing us that Jesus was made to be the perfect high priest through His suffering. Not by avoiding suffering or getting around it some way, but it was through His suffering He learns obedience and He becomes the very high priest that we need. Even though He was a son, He went through that suffering. And the writer of Hebrews has been making the point for us again and again is that here is Jesus with the status given to Him by God as son and high priest and yet it is through suffering that he enjoyed that status. And remember, all the way back in chapter 2, you had the writer of Hebrews saying, you know, we're sons of God too. And guess what that means? It's going to be through suffering that we're going to enjoy the status of belonging to God as well. And so that's what's been going on over the past three chapters. And at the end of of that section in chapter 5 and in verse 10, he speaks of Jesus being according to the order of Melchizedek. And he can't talk about that right now. That's what he says. About this we have much to say. Funny enough, chapter 7, he will say much about that. But in the meantime, before he gets there, he wants to say some things about that. So you'll notice in verse 11 of chapter 5 in the book of Hebrews, about this we have much to say. And it is hard to explain. But notice the reason why it is hard to explain. Notice he doesn't say, about this we have a lot to say, and it is difficult to explain because, you know, God says some really hard stuff. And, you know, there are things that he says that are just kind of, you know, over your head, and you just got to kind of go along with it. He says, I've got a lot to say about Melchizedek, and it's difficult to explain because you're dull of hearing. It doesn't say God was too highfalutin for you. He says, actually, the problem is in the ears of the listener. There's a lot of translation choices here that I think help us get an idea of what he's saying there. That you are too lazy to understand or you no longer try to understand. You are sluggish in hearing or sluggish in understanding. Too lazy to pay attention. This is the idea of dull of hearing. It's on your ears. You're not paying attention. If I could use my home life in the 21st century, you listen like a teenager. (laughs) You're kind of listening, but you're not really paying attention. You're not really digging in and understanding. That's the issue of what's going on here. He says, I want to speak about all of these things to you, but you're lazy listeners. You're dull of hearing. You're not paying attention. And I want us to think about how he says that. He says, I could say all these things to you, but you're lazy listeners. Now think about this. How does he know that? How does he know that? This is a sermon that he's, he's, he's doing, basically. Here is this grand audience that he's proclaiming all this to. And he says, well, I really want to tear into Melchizedek right now, but I, I can't right now. I can't do that. And here's the reason why. I know that you're dull of hearing. You're lazy listeners. You're sluggish to understanding. How does he know that? Notice verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, 
You need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. Here's how he knows they're lazy listeners. You lack fruit. He simply looks at their life and says, you aren't where you ought to be. Here you are on this journey with God and you know what God has to say. You know His principles. You know His teachings. And rather than being where you ought to be, which is you ought to be a teacher by this point, is one of his markers. He uses a few markers here. But this is one of them. You ought to be able to teach others. Instead, you still need to be taught the basics. Now I submit to you, He's not saying all of you need to be professional preachers who all get paid. That's not the idea at all. Well, the idea is you need to be able to tell others about the principles of God. You now have come to a point where you should be able to share the gospel, where you should be able to tell other people, here's what God says, here's His ways, here's what the gospel is all about, here's what God's trying to do in the world. You should be able to tell others, and rather than being able to tell others about it, you still need people to tell you about it after all these years. I think that's an important thing that requires our reflection because this is somewhat of a pitiful condition. As he says that there are people who are Christians who are never advancing beyond the basics. And he says, you know what, you kind of give that to people for a while, but there is to be a point where you move past that. That you shouldn't still need the basics again and again and again. That you would move on. And grow and mature. In fact, he uses the imagery there in verse 12. You need milk, not solid food. Implication. You you should be on solids. There is something wrong with a seven-year-old still drinking infant milk. We'd all look at that and go, that's not right. (laughs) How long are you going to do that? You're not allowing them to mature. And that's the picture that he's using spiritually. You have been in Christ for a time. And of course, everybody starts at the basics. Everybody starts at the milk. Everybody has to. You never have a newborn. Drop a steak there right on the, on the high chair and go, let's go, kid. You would never do that. But on the other hand, as time progresses, you begin to advance them. And you're maturing them. You even see it in their eyes. They're usually in the high chair going, you know, I want some of that that's, that you guys are eating. And that's exactly what's supposed to happen. Of course, if you have grandparents, I think Paige's introduction to solids was rib bones and Oreos. I think that's how that started for them. Uh, good choice. <laughs> that's the idea for the spiritual idea is that you should be looking at these things and want it. You should want the solid foods. You should be desiring it. You should be reaching out. He says you don't want it. He says ultimately you're spiritually immature. You're still desiring milk. You're still being taught the basics. You're still in that low level whereby now you should be progressing. You should now have a greater understanding of the Scriptures and be able to tell others about the Scriptures as well. In fact, you'll notice how he describes that further in verse 13. Where he says, therefore, everyone who lives on milk is unskilled 
in the word of righteousness since he is a child or an infant. He says, another way that I know that you are still in the milk, that you're spiritually immature, that you're dull of understanding, you're lazy listeners. He says, you're unskilled in God's word. You don't use it right. You don't understand it. You're still causing damage with it. You wield the sword and everybody's like, look out. You know, you should not be that way. You should have growth now and be skilled in the word of God, skilled in the word of righteousness. There's supposed to be a maturing that is to be going on. So what you notice the writer of Hebrews is doing is he's saying there is a lack of observable fruit in the lives of these Christians. And he says that they should be teachers by now. He says they should be experienced in the word of God, that they should be skilled in the word of God. And I want you to think about what he just did with those sentences for a minute. He tells these Christians that by not being teachers, by their inability to use the word of God skillfully, it meant one thing to him, that they were lazy listeners. That's the conclusions he's drawing in those verses. He says, I have big things I want to talk to you about. And the reason I know that I can't is because I observe in you that you are not teaching others the basics. You're still being taught the basics. You're not skilled and experienced in the word of righteousness. And because of that, he draws the observation, you're dull of hearing. It's important for us to understand that lazy listening, dull of hearing, sluggish in understanding leads to spiritual immaturity. It's the very thing the Apostle Paul tells the Corinthians as well. And he talks about the jealousy and strife and all of that. He says, because you're immature over there. You're not spiritually grown up. You're still acting like carnal people, mere mortals, and not spiritually developed is how he challenges them over there. This is the idea that's being presented. Their immaturity is seen in their behavior and their jealousy and their strife. And he's telling them there's a reason why that happens. It's because you're not challenging yourself to move into the solid foods. You're staying in the milk. You're staying in the basics. And that's why you're unable to deal with the things that the the writer here wants to deal with. He now gives the positive side of it, a positive picture of what it's supposed to look like in verse 14. He says, but solid food is for the mature. Those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Here's a picture of them is they are able to have discernment in life. And that discernment has been trained by constant practice, discerning what is right and wrong, good and evil. They're able to use the Word of God skillfully and make those decisions and do those discerning things. He says that's what solid food does. Those of them spiritually mature. And friends, God's Word is what does that. It's time in God's Word. Is is the only way that's going to happen. That's what's going to give us spiritual insight and spiritual wisdom is being in the Word of God and taking on the meat of the Word and growing in it and getting used to it and enjoying it and tasting and seeing how good it is. I submit to you that this is an important declaration because it will seem out of place later on. 
When he gets toward the end of the book, he's going to say, I want you to imitate the faith of your leaders and obey and submit to them in chapter 13. And that reaches back to here. They're the ones who are on solid food. They're the ones who are spiritually mature. You're supposed to listen to them while you Christians here are in the milk and haven't grown up yet. Then listen to these and imitate their faith and follow them because they're going in the right way. And you need to listen to their direction. That's why you'll see that later on. And chapter 13 is not just random, you know, let me throw out some commands here and there. He's grounding that right now. He's telling them right now, you don't have it right now. You're dull of hearing. So you better look to those who are spiritually mature. Learn from them. Follow in their steps. Listen to what they say. So that you can grow too. That's where he's been going with all of this. And I think that's important for, for the writer of Hebrews to do that, considering the condition that they are described, he's describing them to be in. That they're supposed to be spiritually mature, but they're not there. So what's the solution? What's the solution to these things? That's chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. As I always comment to you, these therefores just sit right on these chapter breaks inexplicably. Here is the answer now to the situation in verse 1. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying aside the foundation of repentance from good from dead works and of faith toward God and of instruction about washings and laying on of hands and resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. He says, here's what needs to happen. And I want you to perhaps be surprised about this. Notice he doesn't say, well, because you only can handle the milk, what we need to do is, I guess, just keep giving you milk. No, what he says is, stop it. Stop rehearsing the basics. Stop going over the same thing over and over and over and over again. Move on. Grow. That's the only way that's going to happen. Are you ever going to have your toddler move along if you just keep going, well, there's the bottle? No. And yeah, on those first few days, they're looking at the food and they're like holding it in the air going, what is this? I don't know. Is this so? And you're like, no, put it in your mouth. It's good, right? See? In the beginning, you're like, what is this? But he doesn't say, well, okay, just go ahead and back off and stay in the mill. Nobody's supposed to stay there. Everyone starts there, but no one's supposed to stay there. Start in the milk, and now let us leave behind the elementary doctrines. Which, by the way, are you somewhat surprised by what he lists as the elementary doctrines? Uh, Would you say resurrection and repentance and laying on of hands and instructions about washings and eternal judgments or the basics? You need to move on. (laughs) We go, wait. I thought that was the hard stuff. (laughs) He goes, no, no, no. Move on from that. Those are the basics. Let's go. There's deeper things. Push on to the meat. Let's go with our, our growth that needs to happen. We need to be challenged to move on. We need to be challenged to grow. And that is how we move children on to maturity. You give them the small pieces of the, of the solid food. Here, get used to it and, and enjoy. It has been the goal of our teaching at this congregation for a very long time that we would continue to do our very best to give you solid food. And I recognize that there are times where you're going to look at it and go, what is this? (laughs) Boom. (laughs) 
And the encouragement is not for us to go, well, we just need to water everything down and just make it super simple. Now, the challenge is, is for everybody to step up to the teachings of God. That's what's being told right here. We're not going to go back and lay the foundation again and again and again. Let's move on. And things that become complex and difficult, you go, wow, I didn't really get that. Don't walk away and go, well, that just can't be understood and I just don't care. Step into that space and go, I want to know about that. Wow, that's a new thing. I've never heard that. Let me dig into that. And I submit to you, friends, you may not know why we bother with 9.30 a.m. Bible class, besides priority seating, of course, and Wednesday night Bible classes and home Bible studies and things like that. Why do we do all those things? few reasons, but one of them is because it's the opportunity to dig into the deep things of God and discuss it together and ask the questions and try to understand what all this is about. And I understand the challenge, especially in our culture right now, where we get to hard things and people have opposing point of view and we go, oh, they're like talking about it back and forth. And I want you to just don't be unnerved ever by that. There will be hard things in Bible class, and that's good for you. And people talking about it from different perspectives and different viewpoints is good for us. To be able to do that in a space, and we might disagree on something and hug each other and go out to lunch afterward because it's fine. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's Ephesians 4, growing into the unity of the faith. We want the space to do that. So I don't want you to walk away and go, well, I just don't want to be in Bible class because it's hard. No, that's good for you. Well, people say things that I don't understand. That's good for you. You want to be a part of that space and listen to that and learn from that. Don't look at it and go, well, they're up there in the meat and I'm down here at the milk. If you just keep staying in the milk, that's where you'll always stay. You'll never progress. You'll never move on. And that's why I know I say challenging things and I hope it does challenge you. But it's important for us to evaluate ourselves because this is what the writer of Hebrews is doing for these Christians. So how much of the scriptures do you know? How much of the scriptures do you understand? Because he gets right out. I bet if you took a poll of Hebrew Christians, they would not say, yep, we're dull of hearing. (laughs) He has to come in and go, you guys think you're, you know, Great, running over these basics over and over and over again. He goes, this is terrible. Move on. Have spiritual growth and ultimately desire to learn the depths of God's word. What the writer of Hebrews is doing, I think, is extraordinarily challenging. Because you know what it's easy to do when we hear hard stuff, especially when it comes like to our Bible classes or when we assemble together. So we hear hard things and we mentally check out. You know, just disappear in our minds for five minutes and come back later and check in again, see if we understand what's going on. Nope, don't check out for another five minutes. Come back in. There is a big warning here about desiring to learn the depths of God, to really want to know what God has to say. In fact, what you have in the scriptures is God speaking through Isaiah to Israel. And what they had done was mentally quit 
on the Word of God. I, I love these chapters. If I had time, I would have done chapter 28. Chapter 28 is Isaiah saying, When I come preaching to you rule by rule and precept upon precept and line upon line, all you hear is blah, 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 rules, 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 whatever. He totally gets at him in chapter 28. In chapter 29, then you see them say this, For you, this whole vision, here's here's Isaiah prophesying and visions, and here's what's going to happen. He says, here for you, this whole vision is nothing but words sealed in a scroll. And if you give the scroll to someone who can read and say, read this please, they answer, I can't, it's sealed. Like, here's the word of God, and they go, yeah, I know how to read, but I'm just not going to open that. That might be some work. You know, that might take a little effort on my part. I don't want to do that. You know, I want somebody to put the baby spoon in the gross green beans and make the helicopter noise and spoon feed me. And I don't want to do the effort. I don't want to figure it out. He says, here's the word of God. Here's his vision. And you look at it as, ah, that's inaccessible. It's like a scroll sealed up. Why would I open that? I don't want to do the work to figure that out. Not only that, he says, or if you give the scroll to someone who cannot read and say, read this please, they would say, well, I don't know how to read. Here's the word of God. And they go, you know, I don't want to figure that out. (laughs) Now, if the word of God came to us in a language we didn't understand, say a foreign language, would you not do everything you can to figure out that language? (laughs) That's the idea he's using this. You don't want to put in any effort. You don't want to do any of the work. You don't want to dig deep. You don't want to grow. You don't want to learn. You just want it to be what you want to hear. You know, just pat me on the back. Tell me I'm doing all right. In the Isaiah's day, as well as the other prophets, they had plenty of guys running around doing that. Oh, you guys are doing great. God's with you. Yay. And Isaiah goes, you don't want to hear what God really has to say. You just want to stay in the basics. And he challenges them in that. Notice the Lord says, This people come near me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are from far from me. Their worship of me or their worship of me is based on mere human rules that they have taught. That might sound familiar to you. Jesus quotes that in Matthew fifteen and in Mark seven. And he applies it to that audience and says 700 years later, you're not any different than your ancestors. You don't want to dig in and you don't want to think. But remember, that's why Jesus said, this is why I teach in parables. Remember, Jesus would drop these unusual parables without explanation. He'd just start talking about birds and seed and grounds and soils and just walk away and he'd just leave it. And he'd see who will come and want to find the answer. Who wants to figure this out? Or who's going to go, well, that was complicated. I don't want to figure that out. That might be work. I don't want to sort that out. That might be too difficult for me. I don't have the time. I don't care. That was Isaiah's problem in his day. It was Jesus' problem in his day. It was the Christians and the writer who wrote through the Hebrews here in his day. A constant problem is that we can be disinterested and not desire to know what it says. We just don't care. We just look at God's word and go, it's too hard. 
It's too difficult. I'll stay in the basics. I'll stay in the milk. The challenge then is to have a heart that wants to grow, to have a heart that wants to understand, a heart that desires deeper and deeper things, the challenge to want to know more and more about God. That's the challenge that I'm leaving you with ultimately in this lesson because it is the challenge that the writer of Hebrews gives. He is challenging them. Do you want to grow? Do you want to know more about God? Do you want to have spiritual maturity? Do you want to have spiritual depth? And notice the writer of Hebrews has made the point, that does not happen by accident. I would guess if I took a poll and said, everybody raise your hand, if who wants to be spiritually mature? Everybody go, yeah. Who wants to have spiritual depth? Who wants to grow? Who wants to have spiritual knowledge? Yes, yes, yes. It doesn't happen by accident. And it doesn't happen by staying on milk. It doesn't happen staying in the basics. It doesn't happen tracing the things that you already know over and over and over again. It requires the challenging of ourselves to look to the depths of God's Word, to challenge our faith, and to press forward in that. In fact, the writer of Hebrews declares... By this time, these Christians ought to be teachers. It's another challenge that's implied here. Where those Christians would listen to that and go, have I been walking with God so long and now I'm still not ready to teach the gospel? I'm still not sharing it. I still can't explain the basics, the ABCs about God and about all of His wonderful things. Are we able to be teachers now? Or do we still need the basics taught to us? After time. I don't know what that time is. It's interesting to say now at the five year mark. (laughs) But there's a point where you should be able to look back in your Christian journey and go, I'm still treading the same water that I was treading years ago. I shouldn't be treading that water anymore. It's time to move on. It's time to move forward. It's time to dig into more of of God's Word, to dig in the depths. To say that another way, to look back at your spiritual journey with God and ask yourself, do you see growth? Do you see that there is your faith that's growing? Do you see your knowledge growing? Do you see your wisdom and your ability to use the Scriptures growing and growing? Your ability to share the Scriptures growing and growing? Do you see this upward trajectory Or is it just pretty much the same, the same, the same, the same, the same? If you haven't moved, you're in grave danger. I wish I could preach verses 4 through 10. That'll be next week. But let me tell you just a preview of what verses 4 through 10 say. You're in a world of trouble if you haven't grown. You are in big spiritual trouble if you haven't grown. That's what the next paragraph is. Come back next week for that. Instead, look at verse 3. And this we will do if God permits. People ask strange questions of that. Is that saying that we don't know if God wants us to grow? I think that's kind of a ridiculous question. Of course he does. But do you want it? 
Do you want to grow? Do you want to have that depth? God gives us the spiritual maturity through two very primary obvious ways. Through the Word and through the trials that He lets you experience. Lots of growth comes through those things. That's what God gives you. And God wants you to grow, but are you going to grow? I would like for us to simply ask ourselves for the week, what can we do differently this week to allow God to grow us? I want you to just take a minute right now and think about, okay, you've got a crazy week ahead, right? Monday through Friday, it's going to be nuts. We're trying to blot that out. Tomorrow's not going to happen, right? Busy week ahead. What can you do differently so that the Word of God can grow you? There does have to be a change of schedule, change of life, change of pattern. That you will not just keep staying in the basics and keep doing the same thing, keep treading the same water, keep going through the same spiritual actions. There has to be dramatic change to be able to grow. Ask yourself what you can change in your schedule, that you can spend more time with God and His Word. What can you do differently to spend time with God? Ask yourself this one. What scripture do you need to spend time in because you know absolutely nothing about it? There's a good way to walk out of milk and into meat. Is go, I have no idea what this particular book is about. And it's far past time that I figured that out. Push yourself to want to know the jewels and beauty and richness of God. You will be greatly surprised, probably greatly surprised, by the immense practicality and help you will find in whatever book came to your mind when you said that. I always thought 2 Corinthians was, you know, Paul's defense of his apostleship. That can't be terribly helpful. Then I studied it and went, wow. This really helps through trials and suffering. And I preached a whole series to you about it because I was like, this is really a great book. You'll sometimes cast off books thinking that can't be practical and can't be helpful. You say, how how helpful could Habakkuk ever be? I mean, I can't even find that thing. It's so small in my Bible. But if you've ever questioned what in the world is God doing and not understanding... There was a guy back here named Habakkuk who was in the exact same position who's looking at the world and going, I don't understand what you're doing, God. And God gives answers to that. Book of Habakkuk is beautiful. What book do you not understand? What book do you not know? And give yourself to more reading of it. Give yourself to a study of it. And you will find that Paul was absolutely correct when he said the scriptures are profitable for teaching for rebuking, for correcting, and training in righteousness. All of it. Even the small ones, even the minor prophets, even the hard ones. The reason God gave them to us is because it will give us the growth we need. Don't stay in the milk. Go on to maturity. Can we help you in that process today? Can we help you move from the basics on to bigger things? We would love to help you do that. Is what the teachings here are all about. If you have further questions, I'd be happy to study with you. There are other people here who would be happy to study with you and talk to you about the scriptures and what they have to say and how these things work to your life. All 66 books 
are profitable. All 66 books are important for the training of righteousness. Let's become skilled in the Word of God. Let's not allow ourselves to be stagnant any longer in our spiritual journey with God. If you're not a Christian, it's time to take that step and start in the milk and learn the basics and grow in those basics and see that there is a great journey ahead of you. But start at the very basic of believing that Jesus is the Son of God who came to this earth who died for your sins and rose from the dead three days later so that you could have your sins forgiven. Confess Him to be the Lord, the Son of God who died for you. Be immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins. Can we help you in any way? Please let us know. Won't you come while we stand and while we sing?